Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode number 26. And our special guest is we're here in Pittsburgh. We're on the road is Dan Cleary, the uh, uh, Assistant Director of Player Development for the Detroit Red Wings, along with Sean Horkoff, who has been a guest on the Red and White Authority. Uh, Dan, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Great, Art. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, I want to clear something up, and I don't mean to be a smart aleck right away, but when you first came to the Wings, you were Dan Cleary, then eventually you became Danny Cleary, and, and now you're sort of Daniel Cleary, is it? Do you really have a preference, or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Drage likes to bust me on that, too. <laughs> you know, uh, obviously born Daniel, uh, and then the, the names range on, on I guess, uh, either A, uh, how, it all, it all, for me, it's always been, how I'm behaving, uh, I guess, with my mom, um, Daniel. When I'm not behaving well, Danny, I'm I'm pretty good, and Dan. Uh, that's more of a the hockey name I kind of got, got along through media, so I think we're gonna stick with Dan. Okay, stick with Dan. Okay, yeah, because good. I mean I know you as Dan, but you know certainly I don't want to offend you if no, you want to be God, called no. a certain way. Call I, me whatever you want. Okay, so that's great. Uh, before we get into your job with the Red Wings, I find it interesting because of what you're doing now. You were a number one draft pick with the Blackhawks. Uh, I remember when you came to Detroit on a, on a PTO professional tryout. Uh, you said that in the beginning you needed an attitude readjustment. You mm -hmm. loved yourself. You thought you were great, mm -hmm. and you know it took you a while to really find yourself in the NHL. You always had talent, and I believe at one point after Steve retired, you were like the highest draft pick on the Red Wings roster. <laughs> uh, so if you can take me back, that then. Uh, what was going on with, I guess, Dan Cleary back then when you were drafted? Because you did have uh, all the talent in the world. Yeah, looking back, you know, um, I kind of wish I would have had a, a guy like me now. You know, like a player development guy right. that you can lean on, that's always on you. Uh, staying staying uh, up to date on how you're playing, your off ice, uh, all your different habits. Um, didn't have that. Just didn't have that. It wasn't even, I don't even know if it was around in the NHL at that time. Um, not saying that's an excuse, just, I just didn't really know what it took, uh, how hard it was. Um, and thank God I, I figured it out when I did. Uh, certainly um, something just, just came into my mind and it just clicked for me. It did click for you. It took a while. So do you think in your position now that you're able to maybe pull a kid aside and say, look, buddy, I've been down this road and you don't want to go there? Yeah, that's the, that's the thing is that for me, you know, 20 years professional, um, I've seen it all, I've been through it all. Um, there's nothing that any kid's gonna come at me that I either haven't seen. You know, I've been the high draft pick. Uh, I've been a guy that's played on all different lines, played in the minors a little bit, um, won a Stanley Cup. I've been a part of, uh, you know, great teams, poor teams. Uh, been on the PTO, had to, you know, had to claw your way back. Um, so I'm, I certainly got a great experience in terms of all that stuff for these kids. You know, when I see like Rasmussen, you know, high draft pick, you know, see a, just a ton of potential. And our job is just to help groom these players become Red Wings. Whatever draft round they're in, wherever they're playing, we need to be watching them, talking to them, helping them, walking them through it, just making the process easier for them. Did you ever see yourself in this role? Did you think that once, once uh, you know, Father Time catches up with all of us, once yeah. you know it was time to hang up the skates, that you would still stay in the game? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I almost thought the last two years have been like a player development for me. Um, you know, going to the GR two years ago, um, I just embraced it. I was, it was a great experience for me, um, and I just took the guys who, I, who really responded well to me and I just made sure that they were doing things right. You know, there were days when they were not doing things right in practice. I had no, I pulled no punches with these guys. I was straight and direct, and I just told them, I said, this is how you need to do it. If you, if you want to play in the NHL, if you don't want right. to play in the NHL, you can do whatever you want. It's right. up to you. Right. Right? I mean, right. do you want to make money playing hockey or do you not want to make money playing hockey? You know, make it a living because uh, it's the greatest game in the world. And the guys who just responded, you know, Bird is a great example for me. And then, then last year was was a real good example of being like a, a player mentor type coach, player development, all that kind of roles into one. Didn't really have a title, but certainly it was something that I enjoyed. Um, there's a lot of satisfaction that comes out of seeing a player respond and seeing him grow. Uh, that's very fulfilling for me. Uh, I want to go back to when you came to Detroit on the PTO. Uh, 
it seems that Detroit, and maybe you were the beginning, but they do have a habit of taking people in, let's say, guys that people might have given up on or think that their better days have passed them by, and reviving their career. Is that because this was such a loaded roster, it was so skilled, that you didn't have to be that what you what the number one draft choice of the Blackhawks was supposed to be carry the team on your back that everybody had a role I mean was it easy to assimilate yourself into the, into Detroit than perhaps maybe in Chicago where there are a lot of expectations and I, I, you didn't have a bad career when you were with the Oilers though either but I, I mean I just because you really seem to really find your way with the Red Wings yeah it's a great question I think um I'd point to maybe culture would be a great thing for Detroit had. You come in here, the one thing that I realized quickly where egos were checked at the door and work ethic was demanded. And, you know, when you have the superstars and the Hall of Famers leading the way in terms of unselfishness play, you know, being a good teammate, working hard, you just fall in line. And if you don't fall in line, you're just not going to be there. And that's something I quickly realized. Obviously, being good friends with Drapes, I sat next to Drapes for, for all my career, uh, his career too. And we just, uh, I just watched and I just figured it out. You know, I, I didn't bury my head in the sand. I just kind of like, I was wide-eyed and, and quiet and I just realized what it took and went off. You know, I, not to sound corny here, but when you were here with Detroit, it wasn't that you did did you feel that, not that you so much had to prove anything to anybody but yourself, I mean, that you knew at this stage where I'm at in my life, I'm a grown man, if I'm going to, you know, I got a great opportunity here with one of the best teams in the league, it's time for Dan Cleary not to grow up so much, just to play hockey. Yeah, like the first year, you know, um, I played in the fourth line with Franzen uh, and maybe I think Samuelson, <laughs> and, and three of us together – each year we got a bigger role and a bigger role and we just you know we, we were able to we were able to play and find our game and our confidence because we had such a great team you know i don't even we won the president's trophy that year i know we lost in round one against Edmonton, but we had a hell of a team and and i've always believed that you know when you play on great teams um you know some you know these guys can protect protect everyone they protect everybody and, and we were, when you win everyone gets protected and i just I found a niche, and then obviously Babs was a big believer in me as, as, as we went along, and then my goal, my role just expanded. Even the second year in Detroit, I, I started on the fourth line, I just scored. I, I kept scoring and scoring and scoring, and he moved me up to the third line, and, and then ever since then, I just kept going. Well, yeah, and that could play too. you scored some big goals, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you really did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, playoffs are, are just, I, I just feel that I always wanted to raise my game in the playoffs. I didn't want to let anybody down, and um, there's nothing like playing playoff hockey. I've always felt that I've had a good playoff career. I want to alert our fans. We're here at the uh, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh Arena, and they're, uh, I guess they're testing out the sound system during this. So, uh, uh, But this recorder usually picks up uh, us, which is good, not so much the, the outside sound. But please bear with us. I'm sure it's not going to be for the, uh, for the whole Red and White Authority here today. Uh, talking about that and, and playing and be, being different roles and assimilating yourself, you mentioned Mike Babcock, who really did believe in you so much to a fact, and I don't know how aware you are of this, but some of your last few contract negotiations in D Detroit, you were like the marked man of Red Wing fans. Were you aware that you were such a lightning rod back then? <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not on social media and stuff like that, <laughs> right, right. and it's not like, I've, I've yet to see a fan come up to me and say anything, but listen, we have the best fans. I mean, listen, right. I, frustration, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. I, I try to ignore it, you know. I don't. I don't. It doesn't come my way. I, I don't have a Twitter feed. It doesn't pull up on my phone. So, which is good, you know, because that stuff can be consuming for you. Right. Um, you know, listen. I, I've always thought that I played hard and really. Re I mean, represented Detroit well. I mean, listen. I could have left easily, and I just couldn't. Like literally, I just couldn't. Uh, just love being a Red Wing. Love being a part of you know this organization and. You know, I'm just trying to do everything I can to get us back to where we were. You know, I remember when you signed and you flew up there and, yeah. and then you signed the next day and there was that big press conference where who's who in media, like in Traverse City, Grand Rapids, Flint, Detroit, everybody was up there. And I, I was standing right next to you and we we're all squeezed in. And I can remember you, you almost looked like, hey dudes, 
I'm, I'm a good hockey player, but I'm Dan Cleary. I'm not, the railways didn't sign Wayne Gretzky here, you know? I had to back off a little bit. I mean, was it, were you surprised at the attention that that, that drew from, from everyone? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting any of that. I mean, I know it was it was drawn out, you know. Right. You know, uh, obviously, I had I had an offer from Philly and right. Florida, and I, with the whole cap thing, you know, we had to figure it out with Detroit. I just didn't want to leave, and we found a way to figure it out. You know, obviously, there's a little too much drama, you know, surrounding. But um, you know, listen, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm certainly glad that I did stay. Like, you know, those last couple of years really taught me a lot. You know. I wish that I could have been a lot more healthy and play the way that I could have for the fans to, to see me at the end, but uh, my knee just wasn't strong enough as I, as I went along. When, uh, when, you, when you signed with the Red Wings and you came back, it, it, there seems to be a loyalty factor within this organization. And, you know, Mr. I, God rest his soul, I mean, he was loyal to a fault maybe, uh, uh, Ken Holland, but the players themselves, I mean, is this a unique relationship between management and players that the Red Wings have as opposed to some of the other organizations you've been part of and, and some of the things that you've heard from some of your buddies who play on other teams in the league? Certainly, Detroit... Um... <laughs> this is unbelievable. God, I hate that noise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think Kenny has, has built this culture, you know, because he is loyal, but you get loyalty in return from players, you know, you know, we all we all decided to play and take less money as we went along in terms of that stuff and, and become the, the contending championship team that we were for uh, for my tenure, a good eight or nine years. We were we were a lead team. Um, you know, but I, you know, Detroit is a great organization to be a part of. I mean, it's a great place to live, raise a family, great fans. Obviously, got a new arena now. Um, you know, all, all is left is to, is to put a real good product on the ice and contend every night, and that's what, that's what we're all trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, when when you decided, you know, you're going to get take the PTO with Detroit, you make the team, you start living here. Yeah. Detroit's reputation oh, precedes it's... itself, where people th thought, hey, Danny, you you've lost your mind. Mm -mm, no, I haven't. Detroit's <laughs> a great place to live. I love Michigan. Michi I think Michigan's one of the best places from. Don't get me wrong, winters aren't great, which are not great anywhere in the Midwest or the East Coast or right. the, the Northwest, the Northeast. Um, I grew up on the East Coast of, of Canada, obviously, and the winters were horrible, but I love Michigan. You know, where we live in that area, people are great, the schools are great, um, everything you need is, is at your fingertips. People people come to Detroit, they, they would go downtown, you know, back in 05, 06, 07, 08. Right. I mean, it was pretty, you know. It's pretty bad down there. Yeah, pretty barren. Yeah, right. it was. It was. Now it's it's you know it's incredible uh, what's going on down there. But what I keep telling everyone because you know we'd go to these camps. We we go to be in Vail with Crosby and and Tavares and Kane and and and, and Taves and and they you know I'd be like guys, Detroit's a great place to play. It's got great suburbs. It's it's like anywhere else. Um, it's, it, guys don't even leave. Guys play in Detroit. Right. They stick around. If you play a number of years in Detroit, you really don't leave. And I was certainly one of those guys. Uh, I've lived in, in in Bloomfield now for. Since 05, I don't even know, we were 12 years, so I'm, I'm, we stay there year-round. I like to think it's one of the safest places to be right now for weather is, is the Midwest. Well, yeah, I know that study Crazy. came out last week that said, you know, because of whether you believe in climate change or not, it, it seems to be happening uh, that uh, Michigan is going to be the best place to live in practically the entire world because of its climate and environment like 100 years from now. I do believe in climate change. I got to be honest. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a scientist or anything, but <laughs> I'm all with these, you on that one. All these things happening down south it scares me. Right. You know, these hurricanes. I feel bad for the people down down south and the, the Caribbean and all those islands. I mean, it's crazy. What the thing? There's just an earthquake in, in Mexico, 7.1. We keep getting hurricane after hurricane. I mean, it's like unprecedented in terms of like weather. But anyways, neither here nor there. Right, I right. love living in Michigan. It is a great place to live. <laughs> right. It's got unbelievable summers. Great fall. Awesome. We'll, we'll uh, pick up on climate change in another yeah, yeah, episode yeah, yeah. here. Let's uh, uh, moving forward. Uh, playing career, you go to Grand Rapids for a couple of years. You've kind of expounded on it. You're kind of a, a player coach, or starting to assimilate yourself into your second life in, in, in into hockey. And uh, uh, you mentioned him, but one player that you had a profound effect upon because he's talked about it many, many times. And uh, I think a player that you know the Red Wings and the fans are counting on making the team this year is Tyler mm -hmm. Bertuzzi. Yes. 
he can you tell us a little bit about him because obviously having a famous uncle like he did yeah. who was also a former Red Wing who was also a thorn in the Red Wing side when especially when he was a Canuck but uh, uh, Tyler in the maturation process because he does seem different this year let's say as opposed to the last couple of seasons that I covered him well I, I know his uncle Bert very well we're good friends uh, love Bert um, and I remember young Tyler, uh, he had a concussion when he was playing in Guelph, came to Bert's house, stayed there. The, the, the kid never said a word, barely lifted his head, very uh, introverted. He was like very uh, shut off from, I guess, from everyone else. And when I got my hands on him, you know, he was quiet, um, raw, um, came off a, a good late season playoff with Grand Rapids. He came from junior and he actually played well. So expectations were high. So when I got there, he didn't score in, in 20 plus games to start the season. Wow. And I remember being there, like talking to him and I go, I gotta get this kid, this book that I, that I read when I was going for my tryout. Um, it was a great book and, and he, uh, so I go, kid, you gotta read this book and don't let me down. He goes and reads it. I swear the next game we are in Rockford, boom, goal. He's freaking out. You know, you know when he scores, he hits glass. I'm right, surprised right, right, he right. doesn't knock himself out right, when he right. scores. And he's like, that book, that book. I go, man, it's not the book. It's between your ears, you know. It's, right. He just needed something to take away from all the pressure of, you know, I have to score, I have to do this, and focus on other things. Um, so he's come from, from there, having a great season, unbelievable playoff run last year. We had a great team. I, quite frankly, we should have won last year. Mm -hmm. uh, coming to this year, again, has a good camp. Um, and he had a good season last year. Again, a tremendous playoff, playoff MVP. Right, right. And here he is. He's two years into it. He's got a playoff MVP, a Calder Cup. He's a guy that Wings fans will, will enjoy. Now, That's people are listening. They're going, well, what's the book? What book? You know, what, what, what is this magic oh. book? Do you recall uh, the title? Yeah. Um, God, uh, as you, as I was telling the story, I started thinking, okay, I need to know the name of the book. You know, <laughs> I know I, I, the, the guy's name is Saul Miller, is the author, and Marilyn Muse on the cover. Um, what's the name of the damn? It'll come to you. They, yeah. it's, anyway, it comes to you. It's week. a great book. It's a great book for. for is it like a self-help book, or it's just, is it? It's it's um, life lessons, or no? It's it's about hockey, hockey stories, but it, there's some good things in there that talk to you about, you know, just focusing and and visualization. Um, it, it, for me, it really helped me. I, when I first came and I tried, I read it every night, constantly, 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 so dialed in. And it, for me, it was a huge, huge boost for me making that team, no doubt. When you uh, look at who are some of the other Griffins that, as you said, you didn't offer advice. If they wanted it, you yeah. were more than willing to give it to them. Who, who kind of gravitated towards you? Well, you know, some of the, the older guys, obviously, I got along with well, you know, because we had... In order to be a, a good, successful organization in the minors, you got to have great veterans. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so important. I've never realized it until I've actually lived it. Right. Uh, but the young guys, you know, last year, for example, um, on the back end, you got you got Russo. Uh, had two good seasons. You know, he got a chance last year in Detroit, played right. 20 games. Uh, you got love Brian Lashoff. You know, Lashley is what he is. Uh, Dan Renoff. Another good, another good, good player. And then for me, I really love Joe Hicketts. Um, yeah. I love his story. Undrafted, you know, too small, too everything, and he just keeps proving people wrong. The guy plays like a six-five. He's got good talent. I really like Joe Hicketts. Um, and then the goaltenders too. I mean, like even Corot. I remember, I remember we were in uh, Rochester, and he wasn't playing great. And I go, Rosie, you need to get your swagger back. Don't lose that. Right. That that swagger, that confidence, whether it's real or fake, doesn't matter. That persona that a goalie shows to his teammates, it, it rubs off a long way as a teammate. Because I always used to look to see how people were acting, and if I saw my goalie had a lot of swagger, I was like, good, we're gonna we're gonna be good tonight. You know, goalie's key. So just the, those things. And up front, um, obviously Bert, you know, key 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 player uh, for our team and for the Red Wings. Um, I, I, geez, Marty Furk's another guy. I was going to say, how about Martin Furk? Because yeah, here's a guy that? that, unprotected, went. I think he played for Carolina for a couple yep. games, and they released him, and then boom, he's back with Detroit. Marty Furk, two years ago, my first year in GR, he was a healthy scratch mm -hmm. every game for about eight or nine. We started. I wasn't there. I, I got there around game nine. Uh, Griffins were two or one, seven and one. Um, he is healthy scratch. And I remember, and I, and I remember going through. Cause I used to get there early, cause I drive in from Detroit. I get mm -hmm. there early, 
and he'd be there before me. I'm like, Jesus, this kid's beat me there. I'm early to the rink. Right. On the bike, he's working out, he's lifting his weights. I go, wow. Next day, same thing. Next day, same thing. On and on. First guy there working his ass off. I'm sorry. And then <laughs> I, remember, right. I remember Nelly going, this kid works so hard. I feel bad not playing him. I go, I agree. Get him in there. What are you going to lose? Yeah. Boom. 30 goals later, another 30 goals later, this kid is... I was really impressed by that, and and, and uh, that's one kid I really was I uh, really take a liking to. His is hardest shot I've ever played with twenty years. Really? Yep. And I'm not the only one. Everyone says the same thing. In twenty years of pro hockey, NHL, he's got the hardest shot. What will it take for him to make the next step to Detroit? Is is there something that he needs to improve upon? Yes. Yeah. He's got to get better away from the puck. Obviously. Right. You need in order to be an everyday NHLer, you gotta you gotta be reliable. You know, it's one thing, because when you go, you can be hot and you're in the lineup, but right. when you go cold, what do you do in that lineup? That's what young players need to figure out, is that being that, having that consistent game. So if you're on the top six and you're not scoring, the coach needs to be able to either A, move you to the bottom six, yet still be reliable, mm -hmm. find your game again, bring you back up. It goes both ways. And if, and if you're in the bottom six, you need to be a good physical presence, you need to be a good penalty killer, you gotta be reliable in the walls, chip in the odd goal. These things that these guys need to know, for Marty's case, his shot is such a weapon. Um, he hits the net, uh, it's a goal. Uh, but he's got to be better defensively, good along the walls, just be trustworthy. Uh, he's got a chance. And, you know, the reason why he came back is because he still believes in that dream, and I got a lot of respect for that. How difficult was it for you being a world-class player on the Red Wings, being a Stanley Cup champion, to go down to Grand Rapids? You know, and, you know I mean, would, would you... Not that your pride was hurt, but were you were you angry? Were you a little disillusioned, or did you no. just say, "Hey, look, I'm getting older. This is and took it as an opportunity." Yeah, I knew I knew before it happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a realist. I like to be able to look in the mirror and know where I'm at, mm -hmm. you know. And I, and and listen, you know that year in Detroit, you know the year before, you know wasn't a great season. You know I was hurt a lot. I right. never played a lot of games and. And, you know, it is what it is. I mean, listen, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't strong enough physically to play an everyday NHL game, and I knew that. And I had a chance to go to GR, and, you know, I played maybe 30 games there because I hurt my other knee, for, for God's sake. But I just I embraced it. I didn't go down with an attitude. I went down with an open mind, and I just embraced the whole, you know, journey. And honestly, the last two years have been a huge... I think it's going to be a huge thing for me to look back on as my other side of my career goes on, whether it be in upper management in terms of like managing and things like that. I really enjoyed it. How Dan Clary, 18-year-old, mm -hmm. number one draft pick, Chicago Blackhawks, I, th I believe 13th overall, yeah. uh, to Dan Clary, now co-director of player development for the Detroit Red Wings. How would you describe, you know, I, I hate like I'm sounding like Oprah here or something. I'm about <laughs> to give you a car or something. But, I mean, how did you talk about the whole maturation, that whole journey that you've been on? I mean, could you envision yourself at 18 being where you no. are today? No. God, I, I was going to do that player's tribute, like a letter to your younger self. <laughs> right. You know, uh, when, you're, when you're a young guy, oh God, you just don't, you, you're selfish and you're just... You have no clue what's going on, right? I think not to. I think you called yourself a jerk when you yeah. first. Right? You said, "Look, yeah. it, I was a jerk back then." Yeah, ridiculous. The things I ridiculous. Like if I had one of my guys doing what I was doing back then, I would have a real problem with him, a legit problem. Uh, obviously, not a physical confrontation, but I would have a legit problem right. with that character. Um, I've always had a, a good uh, character in terms of like. You know, good, honest, uh, straight shooter, uh, hardworking. Um, so I, you know, I, I loved, I loved like when my teammates succeed, even though you're not playing well. And that only got more solidified within my character, playing with these great Red Wings as, you know, in 05. I mean, I was 25 years old when I came here. Right. 25, you should have your game close to figured out. I figured right. it out around 24 in terms of, I was like, Danny, like, you got to commit 12 months of the year to this if you want to have a, you right. know, a successful career. And I was lucky enough from 18 through 24 to be skilled enough and just physically conditioned enough to play in the NHL. Right. You know, you say, yeah, you have a, you have a good week or two, but then it was just, you just drop. I didn't realize that the, the amount of the consistency you needed to be an everydayer. And 
luckily I, I almost found it the hard way but you know found a home in Detroit I mean you know there's a book written about you know, about me and my journey and you know, right. and winning um, it's, it's a unique story I'm certainly glad I wouldn't you know I, I don't have no now you remember the title of that book forward thinking yeah I do yeah <laughs> yeah no I yeah I hear you I'll, I'll, I'll figure out the name of the book later. The, the, well, we, we have a few more minutes to go. It looks like it doesn't look like it's going to be a sellout tonight. So yeah. uh, the late arriving crowd. Uh, but <laughs> the thing, and I've talked to Tyler Wright about this, actually the last podcast, because uh, uh, right at the end of the red and white, a game or in between the first and second period. And I've talked to Tyler a couple of times. Uh, he's done a couple of these uh, at draft day on, in Chicago. And then, as I said, Traverse City. And it seems, cons the thing that I hear from the young players, and I was there at the draft, I was there at development camp, I was there at the summer showcase where the Red Wings had seven or eight prospects there, then of course the, you know, the prospects tournament, and then training camp up in Traverse City. They all seem to say the same thing. The thing that they have find difficult, besides Lisa being on them about nutrition, is consistency how they find that consistency because that is the key to making it in the NHL is you have to bring it every day mm -hmm. it has to be consistency you now as a co-director of player development how do you teach consistency well consistency is a um, it's a work ethic and it's a mindset you need to have a strong mind I can believe you can develop your mind right I do I can believe you can develop being mentally strong um, I, because I, I was one, I was, I'm a prime example of that. Um, you need to, you need to, every day, you can't take hockey, hockey as like, uh, as just, it, it's a real job. Right. You know, I know the, the fans see the game, um, at seven o'clock or seven thirty, but the prep for that is, is days and hours and, and months and years that go into building your trade and your craft and the amount of things that these hockey players uh, in terms of discipline, the amount of things that they've missed growing up, the Christmases at home, you wouldn't believe the amount of stuff that you give up, but you give it up for a great thing, which is playing in the NHL. These young guys, a lot of times though, you almost need them to figure it out on their own sometimes. You know, you almost gotta, right. like with these young guys, you let them go and see which path they go on. And you, know, you just watch, and you know you, there's a certain fine line or an edge, or you know you, you watch them where they go, and then you'll I'll know when to snap them in, or when or if I know they're in the right line. You know, it's it's interesting because you would say that you know that they have to figure it out on your own. I would consider a highly skilled player like yourself, and I've seen it with some some Red Wings too, some some of the younger players, and I've seen them grow out of it. Was your problem? You thought you had it figured out, mm -hmm. that you knew how to bring it consistently every day, so. Because of that, you were kind of living your life like you wanted to live it without really, you know, not seeing the old expression, not really seeing the forest through the trees. You, you, thought, you, you thought you were, hey, I'm it. I'm, I'm it. Yeah. Have a, you know, have a good season in the NHL. You're like, oh, this is, you know, I got this figured out. Yeah, right. But you can never rest on your laurels. You have to, you have to, like, grind. I mean, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's constant. You have to be on your game. You have to be, in, you know. Your sleep, your diet, your training, you know, your focus, your intensity. Right. You know, of course, we all like to play golf. We all like to go swimming. We all like to relax at the beach. Of course, you got to have those days. Rest right. Is, a, is, a, is, is right next to all those. Right. You know, knowing when it's time to take a breather. Uh, but when, when it's time to practice, you practice hard every day. You have to practice hard. And then in the games, if your game is not there, you still need to be working hard and being reliable defensively. That's the one thing I'll always teach these guys is right. just be someone the coach can be like, Okay, you know, clearly Clears hasn't been playing great, but damn, he's been, you know, physical. He's been reliable for me on the wall. He doesn't turn my any pucks over. I can count on him. Right. I know his offensive game will come back. So that that's for me. That was that is why I I was able to play in Detroit for 10 years. Over the course, have you have you paid more attention? I mean, physical fitness was always part of an athlete's routine. You're mm -hmm. always in the gym, you're always working out. How what has diet Supplements or anything has that evolved for you? Where oh, were yeah. you? You know, were you now where you were at 18? It's you know, let's go to a couple Big Macs and I'm fine for the day. Or how, how's that changed? And, and do you stress that now to the guys that yeah, yeah. Uh, the, in development? Of course. Mm -hmm. At 18, I never. I you have no. I had no clue. Internet was barely around at right. eight, when I was 18. <laughs> right. It right. just came out. You know, no one had phones. You know, now if you don't know what's going on now, your head is in the clouds. Really. You know, in terms of what you what is at your fingertips, you know, you like 
In terms of like diet, training, trainers, personal trainers, workouts, ice, renting ice, uh, all that is available to you. Um, and that we got two development coaches here. Like we're on all these draft picks constantly, right, right. like helping them. And you're not, we're, you know, we're being, you got to be honest with them, build a good relationship. But the di diet is something that you, you need to figure out. You need to know what, what is good foods, what, what are good fats, what are good carbs. You know, because everyone likes, you know, mostly guys, you know, have, have a few beers or when they right, get right. of age and stuff like that. I mean, you know, listen, you're not saying, hey, you can't, you can't do anything. Right, right. You know, but you just have to be smart about it. Right. You know, this is time and place for everything. You know, they, everybody, the kids today seem to all have, as you said, the personal trainers, their oh, dietitians yeah. and all that. I know Lisa McDowell, who was just a recent guest on the Red and White Authority, she, you know, she, she's, she's excellent. I mean, she knows exactly what, what, what she's doing. Let's make the transition now uh, to this job. Sean Horkoff, um, I, when I had Sean on at development camp, I thought he was still playing. I said, yeah, where did you come from? You kind of dropped out of the sky here into Detroit. But I know you and Horkoff go back for, for, to Edmonton, I would imagine, and you're, you're pretty tight buddies. You and Drake sat next to each other. Chris is assistant to, to general manager uh, uh, you know, Ken Holland. Uh, were you approached? Did you know? Was this because, you know, again, you, you know, you, all of a sudden, Oh, there's Dan Cleary, you know, and, yeah, boom, yeah. You know, and, and you're here. Yeah, you know, just kind of, uh, yeah, I think, you know, obviously good friends with Hork, real good friends. We're both in each other's wedding, uh, right. you know, good, real good friends. Um, obviously, Drape, Drapes is probably the, the integral figure in all this in terms of me and Drapes are great friends, me and Hork, and then we all three would work out together. And listen, um, you know, this, this is, wasn't something that was just handed to me. No, know? no, no, I didn't mean to sound yeah, no, I know, like that. I know you're not, but in terms of, you know, obviously Ken and Ryan and Drapes felt that, you know, this I'm good at, I was good at this, this is something I could thrive in, and, you know, they want to bring me on board, I was, and I'm certainly, you know, uh, I'm excited. I'm super excited to, to, to do this and to get going. Um, you know, I, I just, I love the maturation process of these young guys only because I've, I've been there, done that, and... I want to make sure all these kids go down the right path. You know, I, I want to, you know, I don't want to keep playing like word association with you, throw a player, but you've been out on the ice with the guys up in Traverse City. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious. A, a guy that I'm impressed with, and I've actually gotten to make smile a couple of times, uh, but I mean, it, he's really serious. Uh, is, is Michael Rasmussen. I mean, the number I one pick. Number one. Well, you talk to him about plums. It's an inside joke that I have with him. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he, uh, he doesn't he doesn't like plums, even though he has a plum tree in his front yard in British Columbia, and oh, his whole family I eats plums. plums. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I do too. There there are several people. It, well, inside here for the, the audience listening on the Red Wings staff, whether do what I do in the you know in the media department or or what mm -hmm. you do, who have never eaten a plum in their life. And it, it, I, I couldn't believe. I thought they were putting me on, and they weren't. Ras, Rasmussen is one of them. Crazy. But yeah, it is crazy. It is nuts. But I saw him do the tip drill, or the hand-eye coordination in front of the net, and it was astounding. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody. If it was a hundred pucks that were shot his way, ninety-seven of them went into the net. I mean, I, really? I know that he was for night, night, uh, uh, net presence, and he's mm -hmm. he's a big kid. He still has mm -hmm. to get stronger, but he appears to be. A player is, is, is it, you know, and I hate to do you know label 18 and get all the fans excited about him, and now they're gonna you know watch the Tri City Americans and oh yeah, Rasmussen has 40 goals. Why isn't he in Detroit? I know yeah. it, it doesn't quite work that way. But what's your assessment of him thus far? Yeah, it's important for the fans not to. Uh, you need to let these. Uh, I know the frustration uh, in Detroit is going to be, you know, we got. Rasmussen, if he gets off to a great start, right. World Juniors, whatever, whatever he ends up, you know, doing, and you know, you you don't want to. He needs to dominate in Tri Cities. You know, he's a big kid. He's 18 years old. You know, I don't even like like I talked to Hork about. We're not even going to evaluate an 18 year old at the Prospects Tournament anymore, just because you got 21, 22, 23 year olds right, right. at this tournament. It's not even fair. You know, you watch next year, he'll be dominant at that Prospects Tournament. Right. He'll be 19. He'll be bigger. He's going to be more confident. He's going to be a player. I do believe that. He's, he's just too big, too talented. He's got a good hockey IQ. And he's, when you're 6'6", I can skate and kind of handle the puck. You know, odds on, or you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to play in the NHL, which I believe you will, and be a good, good Red Wing.
You know, I don't know if you've seen him play, but Gustav Lindstrom, the uh, the, the number two pick at the at the summer showcase, and this has showed me a lot about him, is that he was almost shaking because he had never played a game on the small ice surface. And I talked to him every single day at the summer showcase, which is a little over a week. And from game one to game four that he played, he was significantly better in that he was a quick study. Uh, a player like that, that is almost an intangible that you really can't teach, right? I mean, a guy either gets it on his own or he doesn't. Yeah, I, I, of course. You know, it, 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 I have never seen him play. Um, I'm going to go to Sweden this year, this year and see him play. But, like, just from the outside hearing you say that, right? that brings a smile to me. Right. I like that. I like a kid. Of course you're going to be nervous. You know, he's never played in a small ice play. I don't even know if he's ever played hockey here in North America. I mean, I have no idea. But for a guy that was it didn't play well in game one, but in game four, a completely different player, it's a good sign. Right. No, it, it, it was. He, he had made the trade. And I was joking with him. I said, you know, you look like a completely different player. And he said, I am getting more comfortable. I said, you know, on, on the smaller ice surface, the play develops a lot quicker. You don't have as much yeah. time as you do on the big ice surface. I mean, if you're... You know, you're thinking about what you're going to do with the puck when you skate back into your zone. Mm -hmm. You better know what you're going to do with it before you touch it, because oh, yeah. if you don't, somebody's you know somebody's right on you. Uh, Dan, let, let's go back instead of asking about specific prospects. Unless there's somebody that you that stood out in Traverse City that you thought. I mean, Chalowski has been the guy that I think everybody has been pleasantly surprised that from where he was last year, and then he went to uh, college. Uh, and, and now he can he could actually play in Grand Rapids and maybe he's, he's made that move to playing Grand Rapids But the Dennis Chalowski is a guy who has really Improved leaps and bounds from where he was last year. Yeah, we had Cholo at the end of the year last year in GR He's come a long 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 ways from from then right. I couldn't imagine if it was uh, seven months prior to that He's put on weight good weight. He's about almost 200 pounds now. He skates beautiful he just got to let him dominate in Prince George. Yeah, let him go and dominate. That's what I think is best for his development. Right, so you have him go back down to junior then? Yeah, yeah, I would. Only because it's just, you know, in GR, G, listen, just because GR, the American League's a tough league. Right, and, and they have, they're pretty set on the blue line, really. Yeah, we got a lot of defense there because you want them to play. I need them to run a power play. I need them to be on the penalty gun. I need them to play 25 minutes a night. I need them to be dominant. I think that's what's best for them. I do, and I think he's going to be a, he's going to be a good defender. He's going to play in defense. Preseason here will end a week from this coming Saturday against Toronto. Uh, I know that virtually everybody in the Red Wing organization is here now together. Most of us traveled here to Pittsburgh. What will your job entail as soon as the regular season? Will we see you at Little Caesars that oh, much? Oh yeah. Uh, who wouldn't want to go there? <laughs> you know, I'll be at the home opener, mm -hmm. and then that's Thursday. And then I'm going to GR's home over Friday, Saturday. And I mean, we just did my schedule for October. You know, I said to Hork, I said, man, I, I got I to gotta get conditioned for the road where there's driving and the flying and, you know, these things watching our guys. But, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna, if I'm in Detroit and Wings are playing, I'm going to go down and watch. Uh, but, you know, we're going to be on the road a lot. You know, I got to be in Maine. I got to be in Hamilton. I got to be in Peterborough. I got to be in Prince George, Tri-City, Red Deer. I got to go to Europe. I mean, it's... You gotta be in GR. And you're looking at guys that are drafted by the Red Wings primarily. Yes. You're not yeah. looking. Tyler Wright and his crew is doing 2018, right? Yeah, but if I'm there and there's a guy there, it's just another set of eyes to help Tyler. Be like, hey, saw this, uh, you know, say I was in playing, watching uh, Hamilton play Barry. Svechnikov is playing. I'm like, hey, you know, maybe write a report or shoot Tyler a text. Hey, Svech was good. I mean, he's an easy one. Right. He's right. a top two pick. Him, right. or, him and Darlene. But these other guys, if, I, if I'm I've been told, and I know this, I'm at a game watching my guys, and there's, and even if there's like guys who are draft eligible, for sure watch them. If there's guys who are in their senior years that haven't signed with their clubs, watch them. Mm -hmm. You know, these could be guys that, you know, they don't sign with their team, and all of a sudden they're free agents. You know, we've been tracing these guys, you know, hoping hopefully to sign one. Um, so you're always watching. It's hard to watch a lot of players. Right. You know, if you go and watch the game tonight, I said, hey, I need, I need you to write a report on, on 40 guys. That's a lot. That's hard. You can't do that. Right, right. You know, I've, I've always thought that, you know, you watch eight guys is a good number. Eight guys uh, on both teams. You know, just total four in each team or six and two, whatever it may be. But in order to really watch a hockey player and Dolliman, you gotta, you got to, like, almost ISO cam him. Watch right. his tendencies away from the puck, how he is, how he reads the play, how's his hockey IQ. There's a lot that goes into it. The more looks you get at him, the more better feel you get for a player. Um, 
it's just uh, it's a learning experience for me right now. Um, so I'm just gonna take all the knowledge that I've learned, gathered, and apply it to these guys. What kind of report would you write, or what kind of interaction would you have with them? Let's say that Casper uh, Katzkinsalo, third round pick, uh, is playing for BU. They come into Ann Arbor, some play in Michigan. You go see him. Will you have contact with him? Will oh, yeah. you write out a report for oh, yeah. him, or, or, oh yeah. What kind of interaction is that then? So if he was coming on the road, for sure go in and see him on game day. Mostly watch him, talk to him after the game, and uh, for sure write a report on his game. But mostly, I want to go with a BU. I want right. to go in the night before. I want to take him for dinner. I want to, be, you know, go to, on, on his practice day. If he's practicing on a weekend, or watch his practice, maybe you know, not allowed to go on the ice, but you know, and then after the game, dinner. You know, you, you got to go over his sleep habits. How's you? How you been sleeping? Right. You know, how you been eating? How, what's your pre and post workouts? How they been going? You know, just just guiding, give them all the information they can, yet don't overload them, and just. Help as best we can. So essentially, you don't go in there just to watch him play a game. You really want to spend at least, if oh, yeah. you can, a day or two with him, get yep. to know him a little bit more, uh, give him, offer him some advice, and, and let him know that, first of all, you care about him, as corny yeah. as that may sound, and you want him to do well. Oh my God, yeah. The most important thing of this job, in my opinion, is building a trust with the player. That player needs to know that you got his back, you believe in him, you want him to be successful, and that's it. And if he, if he believes that deep down, I mean, I'm aces. Right, let me, I mean, you're a forward, you know, and I'm sure you can tell a defenseman, a prospect, what to do, like Casper. Mm -hmm. The guy like Petrozelli, big Keith Petrozelli, who's at Quinnipiac, is a goalie. Mm -hmm. I mean, do, do, do you go watch him, or do, is, is specifically, no. is there somebody that watches goalies yeah, for the Red Yeah, we, we, go, we got that. That's, is that Brian Mahoney-Wilson? Yeah, that's BMW. Yeah. Um, I mean, who am I to go? I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to goal. I don't know. All I know is save percentage, wins, losses, shutouts, right? Right. All I know is if I'm watching him and he plays incredible, my report is Petrozelli was great tonight. I don't, I don't, I like BMW's got all these terms and his angles were good and he, you know, he, was, he was big, you know. The goalies I stay away from. The goalies you do stay away from, but uh, overall, you and. Sean Horkoff are working code together. Yep. Is so you split the prospects up? Do you split the, no, no, the no. country up or countries or? So he's in GR uh, for the first two to three days of the first two weeks in October. Mm -hmm. I'm in I'm in Hamilton, Peterborough, uh, maybe Saginaw. Boom. Then I go to I'm, I'm in Maine for for back to back games. And then when he leaves GR, then I'll come in for a couple of days in the first two weeks. And he's going to Prince George, Tri-Cities, Red Deer. And then the next month, I'll go to Prince George, Tri-Cities, Red Deer. He's in Europe. Then he comes back. It's, it's wow. We're constantly overlapping each other, getting as many looks as we can on all of them together. And then, you, then you, when you get together and start talking... We'll you, talk every day. You'll talk every day, and then it'll be, you know, if you... If you're both feeling the same way about a player, yep. then chances are that you're probably right about that player. Yep. Is, that, is that a fair assessment? Like if he's yep. one way and you're the other, someone's missing something in the translation. We've yet to have that. So you've you're been in agreement the whole time. Yeah, we have similar hockey minds. Yeah, we've had that for our whole relationship. We've always thought really close to like, watch a player, I can be over there and he's over there, watch the whole game, we can almost have the same report. It's, it's really weird. Wow, that's yeah, uh, similar, very similar hockey minds. How how we see how the player sees the ice. Um, I don't know. We've always been pretty bang on with our assessment. What type of interaction do you have with uh, with with Ken Holland and, and Draper, or are they pretty much concerned about the big club at this point? And well, if they need something, about so so they'll if they have a concern or oh, something, yeah. they'll come to you. I mean, because you're watching Grand Rapids, is that because these are the guys that are closest to becoming Red Wings? Is that why you really have a, a thoughtful eye on them? Yeah, of course. Well, we got a lot of eyes on GR. Right. GR's close. You know, Ryan watched them a lot, but Ken Ken's got his hands on everything. Drapes got his hands on everything, everything. Like, we're constant communication with everything. You have to be in order to be a good, you need to be really cohesive unit if you want to be successful, I believe that, you know? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, I, I've done a few stories and had him on, uh, uh, Dan Watson, about the Toledo Walleye. The ECHL, which is now the ECHL, isn't called the East Coast Hockey League anymore, uh, but it's an interesting league from this standpoint, is, is if a guy goes down there from Grand Rapids, they, can, they might feel that, geez, I don't, you know, feel bad about themselves or I've been demoted. Yet with only 10 forwards, 
-hmm. It's kind of an opportunity for them to get their game together because they're going to play a lot. Yep. They're going to see a lot of ice time and in virtually every situation. So I guess what I'm trying to say, and the way the Red Wings have treated Toledo, and I know you're you're new to the job, Dan, but is that it's not like a death sentence for a player. I no. mean, that, that, that and it's... Jared Crow played in Toledo? Right. That is, I mean, there's Luke guys Lennon. that... Yeah. Peter Morazek was, uh, was, was in Toledo. You know, you, you, you don't want to look at it like that, as a mm -hmm. death sentence, like you said. Right. Um, so it's, 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 if you're going to Toledo, it's because you're not playing a lot in GR. Right. And either we, we could have a good, solid lineup, but you go down, you find your game, build your confidence. You come If you get a chance to come back up to GR, you got to apply that game in GR. you right. got to figure out a way. Because it's happened to me, too, where, you know, I could be playing in a game. I'm so confident I can do whatever I want. And then next thing you know, I'm, I'm playing in the NHL, and you're just nervous. You don't, you don't it's, it's weird how it all unfolds on the ice, but if you can escape the nerves, escape the stage, and just go and be like, you know what, I'm just going to go and, and, and do, play the way I can with the puck and just be confident, make plays. Because a lot of times these guys, you know, when they get to the NHL, they're worried about a turnover. You have to earn your right to make turnovers. And I know it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's just a double-edged sword. It's like, well, how do I earn my right? I go, well, you don't turn the puck over and you just got to score and produce and be a consistent NHL player year after year after year. Then you can earn that right. right? It's just a grind. Right, you know, I I, I want to let you go, and I know I've kept you longer than than I said I would. And, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> it's gone fast, like you said. Yeah, right. Uh, but people are going to say, look, you know, Clears is not that far removed from from being a Red Wing, you know, from being no. in the room himself. <laughs> Team did not make the playoffs for the first time in 25 seasons. It should have been 26 consecutive, but if the league didn't shut itself down, it would have been. So uh, it's kind of my beef. Uh, but uh, but the fact is, what. It, there does seem to be a fine line between making it and not making it. The hard cap league, everybody seems to be close. If, if you hit on a player, you're going to probably sign him because of a hard cap league. There isn't as movement like there used to be before. Are the, are the Red Wings, can they turn it around quickly or is there a year or two rebuild? How do you envision this thing? Mm. Yeah, it's, we have a good team. We just need our players to play better. Right. We need better power play. We need better goaltending. Better penalty kill. We need Nyquist, Tatar, Mantha, Larkin. They got to be better. Right. You know, and on defense, Cromwell hopefully is healthier. Maybe Erickson plays healthier. We got a daily. We have a good roster. We just got like. I know last year wasn't a, a great well, year. Except for very few. Virtually everybody underachieved, which is almost unheard of on, a, on an NHL everything roster. Went, everything went wrong right? in terms of being successful. And, you know, you, you fix a couple of those areas. I'm not saying everything is going to be turned around. Right. Fix it, you fix the power play. And so you get Nike has a great year. Uh, Larkin has a great year. Cromwell stays healthy, has a good season. You know, and, and that's still... I'm banking on. I know Z is going to be solid. Right. I know Franz Nielsen will be solid. Right, right. You know, I know certain things will be, you know, status quo. I think, you know, and then you get, you know, you get Rasmussen to have a good junior and then develop and become a good, you know, he's ready to become a wing. I don't, I'm not going to put a timetable on anything. I mean, I don't know. Um, certainly the draft is critical to the wing success. That I know. And developing these players, right. there's no doubt in my mind. Because like you said, great players now are signed up. Right. Early. I mean, you got Tavares, Carlson in a couple of years. Those would be unbelievable additions to add. But very bad. A guy like Carlson does not come on the market. Very, very, very. Right, right. Well, look at the Stamkos last year. Everyone thought, well, is he, you know, and Stevie, you know, Stevie took care of him. I mean, there was never any doubt in my mind that, that he was gonna, not nope. going to stay with Tampa. But the speculation was, oh, Detroit or Toronto, you know. But Chance. most of these guys, even Tavares, depending, I guess, what I'm, what the Islanders do, is probably going to stay in New York. Probably. You yeah. know, that's that's yep. just the way. So you have to build the draft. You do. I, I guess if, if, if you're a Red Wings fan, uh, the good thing is, is that the 2018 draft is supposed to be extremely deep, and the Red Wings have nine picks already. So Exactly. We need to hit. We need to hit on these picks. Not saying all nine, 
forward be nice. It, it would be nice. Uh, all right, Dan, finally, anything that you want to say or that we haven't covered? Because I can oh go on God. forever. I mean, I, <laughs> I can definitely keep talking. No, this has been great. I mean, anytime you need me on again, no problem. Anything, anytime you need to want to talk about the prospects or anything like that, uh, my pleasure. Well, um, you know, I mean, you always treated me well over the years. I mean, I always enjoyed talking to you. you. Uh, I've always found you to be very candid. No matter what's going on, you, you tell it like it is. Whether you whether you know you're knocking yourself or yeah. just saying the team has to play better. But really, if you if you're not going to be honest with yourself, you're not going to go very far in the NHL. No, I've always been like that. I've always been a straight shooter. I know, I know some people can rub some people the wrong way, but at least you know where I stand. And I've always thought I've always appreciated that. I don't want someone to be like a yes man or just to say something to appease me or laugh at all my jokes. I hate that. Right, right. You know, if I'm being a, if I'm being a jerk, you need to tell me, hey, you know, there, you're, you're, you know, you're an asshole. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, right, right. You know so I'm, I'm happy to still be a red part of the Red Wings. I love the Red Wings, and I can't wait to go to LCA. You know, I know the fans will be there for the Wings this year. We're going to need, we're going to need the Wings support. The fans are going to need to stay with us this year, and, um, you know, I hope. I think we're going to have a good season. Um, very optimistic. Right. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you this, and I know this is one final question. I know I'm famous for always saying that to you guys, and then asking you like th 30. But Dylan Larkin wants to play center. You know what it means to be a centerman in the NHL. I mean, do you? Uh, you know, he. You know, he has to develop. I've talked to Drapes about this. He can skate on the perimeter all he wants, and he likes to do that. But he has to go to the net and go to the hard places. Is that going to be the difference maker, whether he's a center in this league or not? Yeah. Because he's a wonderful talent. We know that. He can skate like the wind, and he has a good shot. But Yeah, center is the hardest position uh, in the NHL, uh, and my most important for me. Mm -hmm. I know I'd, I'd probably build from the back out, but if you can get a, a nice, solid centerman up, up front, you're, you're going to be you know, going to be solid. Listen, Larks is young. He just got to figure out what it is to be an NHL centerman, and it's gonna. It might take another year after this year. Mm -hmm. You might have to like live with what's going to happen this year. You know, he's. But there's no better guy to learn with than the guy in front of him. Right with Z, with Z right there. Watch, watch him. How he, how he's smart. He grinds. He goes to the middle. Does all the little dirty things. You know, Larks is going to have a good season. I truly believe that he's put the work in. You know, had a great rookie. And had a classic, you know, that uh, sophomore, sophomore slump. slump. Right. Um, and here he is. He's like, well, it was way more fun in my rookie year than it was last year. I need to get back to that. All right, Dan, we can go on, but I'll, I'm going to stop it here because right. we're in Pittsburgh. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for being a guest on the Red White Authority. Best of luck. As I said, uh, I, I know doing what I've done for my whole life, and it's difficult, I have the privilege of actually getting to know you people. Uh, knowing you guys as people, not mm -hmm. just as hockey players, and you know you've always been a great guy, and I just uh, I'm glad that you're back and you're Thank with you. the Wings, and success is being the co-director of player yeah. development. Thank you very much. Thanks, Art. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.